0: Welcome to Buffalo Politics Uncensored. I'm your host, Vanessa Glucevsky. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, here is the joint podcast with below zero so buffalo politics uncensored and below zero present our joint collaboration Uh, stay tuned i'm not going to do an outro so stay tuned for uh, a new episode coming soon we're actually going to start dropping episodes about every other week so see you soon
1: here we are i guess we can we can go around the room and say hi real quick so i'm gonna start with you
0: Hi, I'm Vanessa Gluszewski, and i um, happy to be a guest here on your podcast. Well, I guess this is a, technically a joint venture. Yeah, this
1: is a crossover, so um, I'm happy to be a guest on, on your podcast as well.
0: Yeah, and I have uh, my daughter, Zuri. Well, all will of my kids with me, but, she, yeah. <laughs> but she's the only one sitting here right with me we'll right have now. Some,
1: we'll have some ambient cat-slash-child <laughs> noises. That's that's normal.
0: Yes, and she just heard one... Um,
2: and, uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm Jack Kavanaugh. I, um, I'm not here with my children. <laughs> nor my cat, nor my dog. Uh, I don't have kids. I do have a cat and a dog, though. Um, you bring them next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll <laughs> bring the dog. The cat, uh, they neither of them are very social, actually, so we'll see. Um, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here as well. I, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Brandon.
1: From the Below Zero podcast, <laughs>
0: yay!
1: I don't have much to say, because I don't do much on the producer extraordinaire, but... Don't sell yourself short, we we need that. I don't know how to do anything Yeah, new. this is a much fancier setup Maybe. than I'm yeah, used to, Yeah, so. super fancy. <laughs> He, he we'll does. He does all the back-end stuff, and if without him, we wouldn't have anything. So yeah, yeah don't sell I short. insert that like song that goes like
0: "I'm so fancy." <laughs> was, like, Please do it right yeah.
1: now. Please, you're the, you're the producer, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's your prerogative. Yeah, and then I'm Adam Bojack from Below Zero as well. So we've got Below Zero and crossover with uh, Buffalo Politics Uncensored. Yes, that's fun. It's very fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation, just because. Yeah, I think we, we have a lot of things in common, and I, I've I've known you guys for a little bit as well, and we've we've done other things in the past, so
0: yeah, yeah,
1: doing this together would be fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's you know good to have a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we're building we're building solidarity and organization. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's how, that's how it starts. <laughs> so I have a couple of things that we can we can chat about. We can start with a couple little topics. So number one. Uh, I think you guys saw the news that they're going to redevelop the old record theater building on Main Lafayette. I think I think
0: I, 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 think I shared your post. I love that.
1: That's really, really cool.
2: It is. Sounds like a cool design.
0: Yeah. I actually used to live around the corner from there because we lived on Oxford for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm so mad that I <laughs>
1: <laughs> That was one of my favorite places. And I remember when the guy passed away in 2017, I was really sad. Mm-hmm. I never met the guy, but it's like, oh, it can't be a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they closed up. Not too long after that.
2: But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to love going there. And so I was disappointed when it closed. So I'm glad to see they're doing something actually really cool and positive and productive with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's like, it's funny too, because like that neighborhood especially is such like an odd, the way it's like enclosed mm-hmm. yeah. and like is its own, like, you know, there are those neighborhoods in Buffalo that are, I think Buffalo has this in a few places where they're very like geographically enclosed neighborhoods right. based on like kind of weird barriers. Yeah. Right. And that's one of them.
0: Because mm-hmm. Oxford only goes through Ferry. Right. <clears throat>
2: and so it kind of has its own little, like, very defined area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so it's, like, you know, one of those eh. things that I think it's, uh, really that stretch of Main Street, too, It just doesn't really, you know, yeah. have much of anything. Yeah, it's there. so yeah, it's
0: underdeveloped. Yeah. It's really underdeveloped.
1: Yeah, and that'll be really fun just because that, I, you never realize how big that building is until eh. things start yeah. emptying out. It's enormous. And it, well, they're kind of almost going to do... Something similar to the, the elegant,
0: right. um,
1: where the dig is the digital. Uh, I,
0: yeah, I know what you're talking it's about. The, like the shared office yeah. space. I yeah. can't think of it. Uh, it's
1: gonna be like, like a co-working type uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they yeah. they they have something you can contact if you're if you're yeah. a business looking to get in on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or is
2: it gonna be like one of those? Um, I'm drawing too, I can't think of it. No. Yeah. Well they do like a dig they know. have like uh they have two types of things, right? They have like the incubator type space. Yeah, right. So the open have, work So they have the co working well. space. Yeah, that's what like I was nice. thinking of. Yeah. And I was actually so like my for work I was like uh, yeah. we were trying to figure out our office situation. Mm-hmm. I work in like an office by myself, basically. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, I was looking into co working options locally. Mm-hmm. And there's the like is cheap. The is is very gig, cheap and it's like there yeah. used to be yeah. co work Buffalo, but they closed. Mm-hmm. And then there's a new place that opened up on like Amherst on like the boulevard yeah. that I was not I was really trying to deal with that
0: yeah that I it. I actually have a co-working space idea <laughs> I was like yeah. I saw that article I was like oh my gosh
2: yeah yeah maybe I Well, the, the building on, on Ferry that Teach for America has they've turned that into some more incubator yeah. category, especially focused on like because uh, they have a kitchen space mm-hmm. So a lot of like food based Startups in the community over in Fair like Right next to Lenovo Yeah okay They started using yeah. that For that which is cool Right yeah I Love that little building there Yeah so like That most, like It was the Teach for America yeah. Buffalo offices And they're also using it For that yeah, um, Which is yeah. cool But I was like Just like a you know, non-profit Or community organizing Type co-working space Would be sweet Yeah, yeah.
1: I know a couple Of well, the bike shares Like Ready Bike Share yeah. and, yeah, and Go, go, go Bikes Because Go, yeah, go right. Bikes Been
2: in Dig But they were off they were in, Like leased offices In the building above it Right That's where they've been For
1: the past few years um, yeah it's, it's, so it's, yeah, it's that would be cool it, it's, anything is better than that poor old thing just sitting there yeah, empty and, absolutely and then I didn't realize that there was all this historical stuff on the building underneath that, oh, yeah. that, mm-hmm. the metal they put up mm-hmm. yeah you I didn't even know that. Yeah, they have a couple pictures inside the article that shows it was it was a car dealership. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, back decades wow. ago, and you can see pictures of the really old stuff because they're taking off all the things on the inside. Oh uh, wow, wow, wow! I wonder how Buffalo like stands up with other cities as far as like repurposing old buildings.
2: Because I feel like every <laughs> we do all right, I would say. <laughs> yeah. no, I, we, not great, like we not do bad. A lot, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. I feel and, like I don't see like old buildings just getting demolished. They're always getting repurposed, which is well, great.
1: They some yeah, <laughs> it because the, the convention really center is sitting on a whole bunch of yeah. they used to just were... get rid of a lot more
2: so I feel like yes. over the past few years there's been more of an emphasis on repurposing yeah we definitely cut back on knocking down the but there's like a we've had a lot of buildings that have like definitely just disappeared mm-hmm. um during that, like, you know, Rust Belt boon of development in, like, the 50s and 60s and early 70s. Right. Um, when they were just, like, you know, it was, like, yeah. all, like, brutalism and ugly architecture. It's oh, yeah. we like, let's tear that down. It's old. Let's build this concrete building. Yeah. You know, I, I, we lost a lot there.
1: Yeah. And I will safely go on record saying that brutalism is the worst. I listened to, there was a podcast episode yeah,
2: about it that was actually a pretty good defense. I think it was a 99% Invisible episode that was about it. <laughs> and it was actually a really interesting defense of brutalism yeah. that I was like, huh. Because I, you know, if you walk around UB North Campus,
1: you're like, how can anyone love this? Yeah, <laughs> right. It, it'll be really fun to see how that how that turns out.
2: That area, I, you know, and I think there's something to be said too for putting a lot of cool things near the college campuses. Yeah, right. If you're a student like Canisius and you're like, do I want to live in Buffalo? Do I not? I'm a freshman, and there's this like cool place like right across the street. I think there's something to be said for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm excited about that too. I think that's a good thing for the city to get folks to stay and want to be here. Yeah, because uh, that can be like their first exposure, you know. Right. So, yeah, no, I'm excited about that. That's a cool. It's a cool yeah. project.
1: And then, and there's also a record store moving into it. Yeah, so they're going to keep Yay. that. Yeah, yeah they're going to keep thankfully. that going. Yeah.
0: Yeah, big kind of record stores.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so then, also the Skyway competition was was
2: just. Yeah, uh, did you see that? It was.
1: Was it held? I don't know what the word. It wasn't was. like
2: competition. That was so much as like the announcement was today from yes. like the state that like so Cuomo came in and made the announcement of which one and like you mm-hmm. know Higgins was there and everything. Or, yeah, you know, he, all that fun stuff.
1: I like that Higgins is all about tearing it down and getting rid of it.
2: <laughs> he is. He is. And he has been for a while too, which yeah. is the right thing because it's the
1: worst. <laughs> yeah. So the one that won the competition was the one that was the the picture on the article that I was talking about on our last episode. It, it, they, they stopped the skyway in midair and there was this big uh, enclosed building. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, Well, it looks like, or, a, like, a, like also, an atrium almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a glass and
2: steel atrium. There was one thing they were talking about making something over there being like an art gallery type thing too. And I don't remember if this one or another one I had a similar idea but it was something like that too. And then so that way the skyway down to the water will be good for biking and walking, which I'm a little wary of, because it's like, it's, it's really windy up there, and I'm so really <laughs> not trying to, like, ride my bike and get blown off yeah, the side, so, like, I don't know. we brought that up before, like, yeah. safety features, you know, how do they keep people from... Yeah. But those, like, those fences right now, and, though, right? Yeah, like, once a year, and they make sure the weather's nice, you know, and I've done it, it's super fun, but it's yeah. like, yeah, I wouldn't do that, like, all the time, and like, people get, like, it's, it's happened that people have been blown off the sky, <laughs> like, <laughs> your car breaks down, you get out to do it, oh, and you don't yeah, weigh yeah. that much.
0: No way. Yeah, I, I mean, it's Get probably out. happened twice,
2: more than like twice ever, but it's happened. <laughs> it has happened. <laughs> more, it's a non zero amount of times. Yeah. It
1: it's the last place you want to
2: be yeah.
1: if it's super windy, snowstorm yeah, in the winter, forget it. But we oh,
2: yeah, do need to do something true. with that. You know, the real problem, and they can I mean, they hope, hopefully will, and they're addressing this too, is the traffic flow. You know, it's overkill. For mm-hmm. the amount of traffic that goes over there right. but routing it through like ohio street and stuff say. isn't really a solution either and so they're going to try to widen it and expand it and they're going to put a bridge across michigan street so
1: hopefully that mm-hmm. helps but mm-hmm. you know or maybe um, like redirect it to hamburger or louisiana or something so they right. can get back on 190 or something mm. i don't know so that's going to be like the
2: real challenge but you know at the end of the day it's like what i think is good is that you know development urban development that is not in places where people are going to get displaced from right right and so right. like we're talking about like building more housing on the outer harbor and especially like building you know i don't know there's a huge i don't know there's plenty of un- vacant housing in buffalo as it is but you know <laughs> if they're going to build new housing i'd rather they do it somewhere we're not displacing people you know and it looked like from the design that most of the housing will be on like the river side of the harbor so you'll still have public access to like the lake mm-hmm. side because that was my other concern was that they would end up privatizing access to the, water, mm-hmm. and the waterfront and waterfront right. um, by putting like hard buildings and mixed use stuff they did that like Cleveland waterfront and it's like really bad um, like the only way to really see the lake from like mm-hmm. downtown Cleveland is if you're like are paying money to go to a restaurant or to like you know you live there mm-hmm. and that's not good right. so i like that, that 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 seemed like that was the direction they're heading towards they have really developed up the park system down there too i ride my bike down there all the time and it's like even though the last like five years it's like hey. night and day for how much yes. they've developed the, the lake end of so yeah. i'm excited mm-hmm. about it
1: yeah absolutely and so they get some sort of like what cash award i think for the top three
2: yeah, there was like a $100,000 to like the designers of the top one, 50000 for second place and like twenty five for third place, something right. like that, just to get the good designs. And it's not like binding, you know, it's not like right. we have to then now do this design. But they are picking it to be like, this is the spirit and the philosophy that we're going to approach this. So you're, you are probably not see a glass-enclosed, <laughs> you know, Guggenheim-esque structure in Canalyside. That's <laughs> too bad. But, mm. you know.
1: Well, you never know. That's right. That's right. I, 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 there was a quote from Cuomo saying, it'll be hard, but we'll do it. Yeah, you know, like those were his exact words. So well, they gotta get rid So
0: of they're gonna. So he seems committed. I mean, based on because I remember when he talked about it when he came here a few months ago. Yeah. And so it seems like they're committed to funding this at yeah. the state level. And most sh- of the
2: money is gonna be federal money, from what I've saw okay, okay. And Higgins is very
1: closely involved. And he's been pushing for
2: it okay. for a while. It'll be mostly yeah. federal infrastructure money. Because I think they were saying in the Buffalo News article it'll be like an eighty twenty split federal to okay. state. Yeah. So eighty percent of the funding will be federal. Okay.
0: okay. Whereas only
2: I think it'll end up being like an estimate of like one hundred fifty to two hundred million from the state. Okay. Which in the grand scheme of things is not a ton of money. I mean, it's, no, yeah. it's a lot, but it's not like it's right not, for context. They give the city nine hundred million dollars every year for the Buffalo Public Schools. Right. So <laughs>
1: right. yeah. And I just realized. The Skyway is still closed because they're making it better. They right? spent so much time. Yeah, they're just dumping money into it to repay. And even. that's like the big thing. If you look at
2: the, the proposals and they talk about the cost-benefit analysis, so much of like the cost-benefit analysis is like, we won't have to do hundreds of million dollars of maintenance <laughs> over yeah. the next 10 years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, I guess the question is, how long would it take to get to, this, to the point where they're not using the Skyway anymore, right? Hmm. So they're doing the maintenance to keep it functional properly right until we get to that point where they can just yeah uh, and i had off. to i was down at work and i was driving back the other day from hamburg and like i had to take because it was closest to like ohio street into the city from hamburg and it was like awful like it's clearly not designed for that so they're gonna have to do some real work to like yeah. widen those build some separate thoroughfares make that into like at least a four lane road or something like a parkway because right now if you're just like we're just gonna route everyone down like ohio street that's yeah. just like that's gonna be, i mean that was, that was on a weekend morning Coming into the city from Hamburg, and I was still like, "This sucks." Like, the <laughs> traffic was terrible, and yeah. that's with a lot of people avoiding it because they know it's closed. Right. It's, so yeah, yep. But it's good, you know. Well, if I was dictator of the world, I would ban a dictator of Buffalo at least. I would ban <laughs> highways <laughs> in the city limits. Like, I just don't think we need highways in the yeah. city limits. No. You know, no unless probably. they're like below, like below grade, like right. Boston. Yeah, like yep. And Seattle's done that too.
1: Higgins just yeah. pointed yeah. out that they've buried their highways, and, and so... Oh my god, there's more space. Chicago like has a bunch Did of that in like, the 190,
2: up. and then built, like, a park above it, so you can actually oh, see the waterfront the there. Yeah. The, I mean, the 190 is just the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, turn the 198 into a parkway. You know, it's just...
0: Yeah, actually, I was just... We just got back on from a major trip, and we were in oh. Zurich uh, for a little bit. And actually, mm. they did that. So their park is... They have, like, a park that's above... Like everything else. So they have traffic and everything going on in like streets and shops. Mm-hmm. And then you go up a hill, and then there's just this park ground uh, in one of the areas, in one of the neighborhoods. It's really cool. It is cool. It's really neat how yeah. different cities tackle different development yeah. issues.
2: I had uh, a civil from work in town, and they're from New York City. It's my office is company Organizer Network for his base there. And we were out to dinner, and we went to uh, like Roost on Niagara. And, okay. And then we yeah. were sitting out there and we were like, look at this wonderful view of the 190. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, imagine how much better like place oh. like that would be in like all that stretch oh, yeah. of Niagara if like you were able to actually access the river from there. You know? Yeah. And like I ride my bike on the bike path that's on the other side of the 190 a lot, and it's like, it's, like not super fun to be riding with like right next to the interstate. So right. anyway, that's yeah, <laughs> ban highways and the city limits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really exciting to see where it goes from here
2: yeah yeah and again we were talking about this too you know the city has to we were talking about this before we started but this you know we can talk about some of the city's financial woes oh, but yeah, one yeah. of the things the city really has to do is figure out ways to um boost revenue and so develop like this that could turn into tourism revenue that could turn into you know it's new and exciting things that are happening that aren't just displacing things that are already happening and so it could be potential for some boost in city revenue and
0: um, so I think that's
2: a good thing as well, you know, if we're, if we're able to do that in a way that's not just like handing out whoever's developing and building these projects and buying this land, massive tax breaks. Yeah. Which hopefully
1: we won't. And speaking of which, that Investigative Post article came out, mm-hmm. was it earlier today or yesterday, yeah. pointing out that, hey, we've been right all along. The city is in the red again yeah. by <laughs> tens of millions of dollars. Who saw this coming?
0: Oh, hey, yeah. Well, it's crazy. The controller stuff that was there oh, before.
1: No. I wonder the who that was.
0: <laughs> did see it coming.
1: It's a weird. Like, <laughs> it was like it was predictable. <laughs> it's almost like this is this what seventh year in a row they ran. It? Yeah. They, so they, the so for those that don't know this the story came out that they are dipping into the reserves again, but there are no more reserves. They've run out of reserves in the city, so now they're they're trying to like. They're borrowing against money that they don't have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And saying, yeah, we're going to get that. And they're not. It's the money from the casinos that it's in litigation right now with the Seneca Nation. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to get that. No worry. And no, you're just... Yeah. Yeah. We might eventually. I mean, and the, yeah. what was it? Um, the, the credit companies said you shouldn't include that in your budget because yes. it's not reliable. And they yeah. went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee the thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's... Um it's unfortunate for sure. I mean, so I guess just to be fair, I think there was a surplus year that they had somewhere in the middle where they had kind of like a, because of a, a um, union contract that was negotiated right. and then they had oh, like right, a, yeah. a, a surplus of funds there. Mm-hmm. So there was that one year uh, where they did not have to dip into the reserve funds, but yes, the reserves are gone. And, and it was
1: like $120 million. Yeah. It's yeah. just gone.
0: Yeah, it was um it was a significant amount of money that has been blown through i mean i think they've got something through something like 70 million dollars within the past like three years or something like
1: that that's that's (laughs) ludicrous yeah it's absurd yeah we're going to be downgraded we're yeah i i will i will ask this to you are we anywhere within the realm of possibly being the next detroit at this point
0: so that's a really interesting question because I did a lot of looking into Detroit when I did the fund balance presentation at the city uh, that we submitted at the city, and um, that was ultimately buried. Money hmm. mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. on that episode. You know, and, you know, I guess there were a lot of differences between us and Detroit because Detroit was funding their own pension fund, and obviously the state does that here. Mm -hmm. So um, there, that was not, so there were enough differences where we couldn't draw a direct comparison, but um, one of the things that I did notice when I was looking at Detroit was that they, because their comptroller isn't elected, right, so it's appointed Mm -hmm. by the mayor, and through in each report that I reviewed, I reviewed like several years of reports. Uh, it was well painting this picture of financial concern, but then saying, "But don't worry, we have the city has a plan to do X, Y, and Z." No, it
2: sounds so familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so
0: <laughs> familiar. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, you know, a few years down the line, they were declaring bankruptcy. So yeah. it's just like yes we don't have this huge uh a, a huge pension fund uh, liability however it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if we can't cover what we need to cover right. we're yeah. going to be in financial distress yeah, yeah. And
1: i've been listening to i'm not sure if anybody else has heard of or listened to It's this the new season of um Crime Town, mm-hmm. where they cover detroit mm. and they're talking about all the corruption in that mayor's yeah. office with Kwame Kil- Tri- Kilpatrick leading up and yeah it's it's interesting where you said that they don't elect their comptrollers mm-hmm. where as we do here but somehow we ended up with one we didn't yeah. elect again we
0: did <laughs> yeah we did so, yeah because no. there's a problem with <laughs> yeah. our ballot access system yeah this is my big problem uh,
2: yeah we uh You know, and the thing too is like, you know, if you're talking about like budgeting and you can't cover, I mean, you have two options, right? You either have to like cut your spending or find ways to increase your revenue. Like those are the two, Mm -hmm. two options. Spend less, make more. Like that's really it. Yep. And they don't seem really interested in spending less. No, uh, and really, I mean, it's like hard to say that they like like it's not like we're it's not like city services are like no yeah. BMHA is falling apart, right? It's, it's not changed. like we're like really well funded city services.
1: No, it's it is. it's now a HUD depressed asset. Right. Our BM our housing authority, our public housing, is one of the worst in the nation. Yeah. From from decades it's just so of, underfunded. Yeah. And it's
2: like you know, and it's not, and people will blame like the people who work there in charge, whatever. But like who? No one could do that with any no. anything with the amount of money they're given. And then. You know, but on so the other side of that, then is trying out ways to increase revenue, and it's just like, and then that's why it feels so disingenuous when you have like these uh, developer tax breaks that come in for property tax, right. you know, credits. Right. That you know, I, and I don't know.
0: So I can't remember the figures from that polling Cars report. Oh, I
2: pulled it up. It, it was like so we were talking about this on an episode of, old um, well, policies uncensored, but, um, so in the real estate report for the county, they put out. Um, a percentages the percentage of property value in the state in each city, town or city mm-hmm. that is exempt from property taxes. And Buffalo's was like
0: wasn't it like sixty percent or something? I'm like gonna look that?
1: it up again quickly. But like yeah it was I know I know that it's something like eighty five buildings. And yeah. it's the most I mean some valuable the, taxable buildings are now tax free. Well and
2: some of the ones yeah. you know that are I mean to be fair some of this property that doesn't pay tax then is you know, government buildings. We have a lot sure. of, like state and federal buildings in Buffalo, right. as well as nonprofit organizations and like that. But I remember the next highest town was, I think, Evans, wherever there's the uh, there's like a state prison, because the state prison should pay taxes, All right. And that was like the next highest. Um, you know, so it was like. I'm just trying to see if I can find that. <laughs> Here we go. So, and also it's based on assessed values, and so that doesn't really actually have the, pro- the addressed issue of buildings that are also under-assessed, which mm-hmm. is another issue that the city has, where especially large, uh, hopefully that's going to get fixed as part of this assessment, because if they're going to assess people's houses, hopefully that means they're also going to judiciously assess uh, commercial well, buildings. I have so to tell
0: you, so, so <laughs> my husband owns a commercial building, and I saw the, his assess- the assessment for his, and he gets a pretty deep discount, because mm-hmm. it's a commercial building. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I don't really know if... if
1: Yeah. And, yeah, the tax reassessment is happening right now in the city. I actually just had my informal review because they they assessed this. We're in my new house with my wife. We got our assessment. It's $60,000 above what we just paid for it Mm. four or five months ago. Mm -hmm. And so... I mm. sat down with the guy and saying, I don't think this can be right. I mean, we paid market value, and mm. now you're telling us it's worth way above what we paid. Um, right, right, right. So he's like, "Oh well, yeah, okay. But, yeah, and that's how many people are going to be able to take the time and go sit with that uh, assessor? And
2: well, pay, I mean, the reality why? is, too, if there's someone who hasn't, I mean, you know, this is a whole other thing, but the reality of the way the assessment system works is that even if you're not someone who's recently purchased a home where there is some, like, indicator of market value, if you're someone, in, say, like, who lives near you, Mm-hmm. who has not, you know, who has put, you know, act wealth into their building and, you know, cleaned up their space. But it's not like they have wealth they can just access that allows them to then, like, sure, if they went and sold their house, they can maybe make more money for it. But then because all of the property values are rising, mm-hmm. that, like, they're not actually accessing wealth that they can then go take somewhere else and, right you know, capitalize on. Yeah. And so, like, and then and then just inherently having a system of assessment that's based on how much other houses in your neighborhood are sell for you know it dis what's the word dis it doesn't value mixed income neighborhoods it mm-hmm. doesn't value short sure. diversity in neighborhoods because it's basically saying if your neighbors pay this much for their house then we assume that you can afford that too and mm-hmm. if you can't you can't pay taxes on it then because right. you gotta go yeah. you know and that's not an equitable system either mm-hmm. but i looked up the numbers and so buffalo the city of buffalo according to this has a tax assessed value of about 6.8 billion dollars of property value in the city of that oh no yes <laughs> of that 36%, 36% okay, is, 36 percent 36 percent does not pay property taxes the 36. next highest
1: wow.
2: is is 35 which is collins that's because half mm. the town is there's like a huge uh state penit- uh prisons i think it's a uh, oh, detention yeah. center okay. down there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then alden which i think is in the same thing is yep. Thirty-two. i think there's also yep. one there and so those are the only ones that are over 30. Wow. There's a couple in like the mid-20s, but they're places that are like, again, yeah. you know, but it's, you know, 36%. Mm. And so that's about, that's three point, that's about, you know, three and a half billion dollars worth of property value that is of assessed property value, which is likely under-assessed, mm-hmm. that is not bringing in any tax money. And again, a large part of that, government buildings, city-owned buildings, federal buildings, state-owned buildings, nonprofit owned buildings, for example, right. like, You know, church buildings, I'm sure, are very valuable. If you look at all the old mansions on Delaware that are now like, you know, nonprofits own those, Uh like, those are valuable buildings that are not, like, that's Mm -hmm. whatever. But that's not $3.3 billion. No. Mm
1: -mm. And then, as we we were mentioning before we started recording, if you were to all of a sudden start taxing the private buildings that are on that list, you still. It would make everybody else's taxes go down, but it's not going to bring more money into the city because the, it, they can only bring in so much in the tax rate right. right. every and single year. only increase the 2% a year. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't all of a sudden have a windfall of cash in the city. It's just right. not possible so as far as property taxes right. are concerned.
0: So, well, the tax cap limits them to 2%, but they can they can... There's like a waiver system, I think. Waiver is the wrong word. But there's like, uh, well, maybe waiver is the right word. I think that it, it's two percent. But the if the municipality can show like the reason for going above the cap, then they can do so. Mm-hmm. And so, but the I state, mean, would that
2: be the state? Then would have to would the state be the ones that approve? See,
0: that? I don't know if they have to approve it or they just have to document it. Okay. Mm. But um, so I would have to look into the yeah. law on that. But. It does seem like going over the two percent is a possibility because I know that we were talking about that um, at the city, yeah, and not with the mayor's office, obviously, within the comptroller's office, and <laughs> 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 and I mean, so you Ooh. know, one of the things that we did note note in the fund balance presentation is that you know the city did go negative once in their reserves like in like 1999 or something like that
2: and then what happened shortly after
0: that yeah then they raised it they raised taxes two years in a row and it was a common, it was like a 20 tax rate uh, and then right after that was
2: when they got in financial trouble and right. then the control board got brought in in like
1: right. the early 2000s right and so what and as this article pointed out though what just happened in a few years ago with the control board that now we're in muddy waters again is that they turned into an advisory role Right. Mm-hmm. They got stepped mm-hmm. down a bit, mm-hmm. and so now the control board doesn't control like it used to. Yeah. Right, and so now Well it did right.
2: seem like they gave their stamp of approval based on that that, that they're saying well, they're they're sort of saying like yes this is a plan, mm-hmm. and like so it was yeah. interesting
0: they it is very interesting I'm not really clear so the from what I can gather that this the uh, Buffalo Fiscal Stability Authority says that there's room for Buffalo to raise taxes because basically mm-hmm. we've been you know collecting we haven't we haven't had an assessment we haven't raised taxes so there's room for uh, for the city to raise those revenues however i mean i think that we can guess like what would happen if like we just if if we had those kinds of rate tax raises like you know off the bat i don't think there's any political will for that to happen so i don't think it's i don't think it's realistic and you know i think that it is Foreseeable that we could end up in financial trouble, like doing revenue anticipation notes, which are costly, and give a sign of uh, fiscal weakness to the creditors, to uh, the credit rating, uh, the credit um, rating agencies. Yeah, the Moody's. And- right, right, S&P. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, there are a lot of problems with that. And then if we get into a, if we get to the point where we end up in financial distress the bfsa could step in again and like one of the first things that they did when they stepped in was you know they froze all the contracts they uh people were not being hired right uh there were cuts they were firing yeah it
1: always leads to austerity right they never they never look to take money out of the people who have been hoarding it in the community they're always looking to trim the fat and eventually we're just going to run out of fat to trim right
0: Right, and it hurts middle class, right. lower to lower to middle income
2: families. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And you know, ultimately too, if we if we if we raise the property taxes, tandem with the current assessment that's going on right now, that's you know really having a particularly hard impact on quickly appreciating. That's a nice way to say it, neighborhoods. <laughs> um, and then you combine that with an increase in the tax rate and the tax levy, then you're really hitting a lot of, uh, you know. And we're already talking about trying to. I know. Um, there are folks like PPG and PUSH We're pushing for trying to get a phased in property tax, mm-hmm. you know, waiver mm-hmm. for taxpayers if they are for lower income. And so that's going to that might impact have an impact as well, which is another thing that has to get approved through the state. Uh, yeah. So that's a process.
0: Yeah, yeah, I missed that meeting. I think they had a meeting about it last Tuesday, but I missed it. Yes. Yeah. And okay.
1: but Good things came out of that. You just reminded me that yeah. there is going to be a the town a, hall tomorrow night. Tomorrow, There's Thursday. A, night. Correct. Thursday is the... we going to listen to this. Yeah, we, we may meet... But that'll meet be at, at the much. library. And then right. next
2: week, I believe, is
1: a special common council hearing. Yes. So we okay. pushed them on that because we had a bunch of speakers lined up to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be in the evening. Right. Because they were... Uh, Rich Fontana was trying to be reasonable and everything. And he kept saying, you know, we have these meetings that are set up in each of the communities, but we had the speakers saying, no, we need to be here. in this mm. chamber's in front of you. Mm. And so we eventually just kind of pushed them until they agreed to do it on the record. So and, what, and what that,
0: dates are those? I wonder those... Right, I'm We're looking that to up to.
1: right now because I just got the, um, the, the yeah. Facebook event is now live. Okay. And so I'm looking that up. It's early October... Um,
2: Here we go. It's October 3rd at
1: 5.30. October 3rd. At Chambers? In Chambers. 13th floor of City Hall, for those that aren't uh, familiar with that. It's going to be 5.30. Yeah. And so so that'll
2: be a good opportunity. You know, because it's it's also, it's, you know, and for me too, it's like one of those things that I think it's it's easy to talk about it in the context of how it's impacting neighborhoods like the Fruit Belt and neighborhoods like the West Side and how, but the reality of it too is even in like neighborhoods like Delma Village in North Buffalo where, you know, where I live and have spent most of my time, Mm -hmm. you know, you have people who are long-time homeowners who might be retired, who are living on pensions and social security, that just do not have flexibility in their income to be able to just have their property taxes increase dramatically. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by not having... So it's not like... It's affecting the entire city. This trickles
1: down to tenants as well because the owners who can't afford the taxes will raise rents. and, And so we just... We just had the new housing stability and tenant protection law go into effect right. back mm-hmm. in June and mm-hmm. some more of it's going to go into effect next month. And so we're going to we're gonna see more evictions. And yeah. we already see a lot. I'm downtown pretty often in, in the housing court and the lines are always out the door down mm-hmm. the hall. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna see those go up, either homeowners or tenants. Yeah. We're gonna see increased evictions and they're gonna take longer. And so everybody's yeah. going to be losing out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually did uh, the lawyer in the morning program when I was interning at Neighborhood Legal Services, doing eviction defense, and it's it's pretty intense. <laughs> it's, it's brutal, it's really intense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I had to do that when I uh, I had a landlord situation, and that was like how I ended up having to deal with yeah. it because like I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I happened to have like you know my own social capital and connections with people at Neighborhood Legal Services, so I was like able to call some folks, but it was like just my mm-hmm. mom used to work there, but it was like. You know, it's I, you know, it's it was, not good for anybody, and that was just like a messy situation too. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a mess, and even like, but again, like neighborhoods like Seneca Street off in South Buffalo, like all of the um, kind of prospecting and flipping of houses that's been happening in that neighborhood, and how that's going to affect longtime homeowners. You know, it's 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 really affecting the entire city, or has potential to affect the entire city. Yeah. and I think that gets lost sometimes when we talk about the conversations really focused on those really rapidly appreciating neighborhoods. So you have like mm-hmm. the quote-unquote five points uh <laughs> which is like yeah. I don't know, an invented name from like five years ago so whatever right um or like the fruit Belt, or things like that like all these neighborhoods like those are where it's oh really you mean the medical to... campus yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, i forgot yeah, yeah. did google maps change that <laughs> yeah. um right. where it's particularly yeah. acute um, yes but that doesn't mean that it's yeah. not gonna have a strong impact but again it's like you know people paying more taxes they can afford is it. it's not a bad thing if you have people if you
0: have... can afford it right yeah. exactly so it's right. like
2: not like this process is terrible. It should just be done more frequently. So it's more of a gradual shift and be done equitably. Right. That's not, right. you know, overburdening and finding a way to do the assessments that mm-hmm. is equitable. Yeah.
1: So. so, yeah, a lot of, if people are able to make it out to
0: Yeah. those
1: events, you know, make your voice be heard. Even if you're, if you're not a homeowner, you're still a tenant. And I think yeah. you should still, yeah. you should still show up. Because, yeah. There were some. Like, it seems like um, David Rivera and Rashid Wyatt were both concerned, and I think even Fontana was. But they need to hear from more people. So I think you know, the more yeah. we can get out there, the better.
0: Uh, I don't I, know. I feel like.
1: I don't. I don't I feel like
0: it's. It's the equivalent of, like, the thoughts and prayers thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, we don't want your concern. We want your yeah. action. Right. And <laughs> right? the ask
2: to me is so small. The ask is, like, sign a resolution to ask the state to do this. Like, you don't even have to, like, really do right. anything. Because it's not really in their power. But they have to ask the state to do right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, the fact they won't even do that. Like, right. I think, I think Rivera is the only one who's openly been like, yes, I support this. I think he's the only one that's really... Mm-hmm been outwardly about it and and from what I hear other council members are also supportive Mm. if the other ones kind of get on too but they don't Mm want to like come out yeah um but I mean you know whatever but it's like uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know like I that's that to me is like because the ask is so small that it's hard for me to be like why is this something that you're willing to just like not go on a limb for right right? um for your constituents because again especially like you know I live in the Delaware district and it's like you look like at Parkside, where you have these ha- beautiful old houses, but there are a lot of people in there who are older. Right. I remember when I was canvassing through there for school board; so many people I talked to were retired, yeah. where you know they might have a they living on retirement income or pensions or social security, and they just right. do not have the flexibility in their budget right. to manage their property taxes yeah. doubling.
1: The taxes on this this house that we just bought are going to go up if if we don't get any sort of relief on on our challenge of the assessment. They will go up almost two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and yeah. how many people? Could, I, we we're able to because we are okay financially, mm-hmm. but how many people are not, and right, they can't come up with two hundred extra dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. And you know,
2: it's true. I mean, again, this is an example of like a neighborhood that's you know. So I, we can say so this. Yes, is actually, yes. Let's so get to Adam that. lives in the house that I I grew up in. So this is I lived in this house. My parents bought it. My mom bought it in like the early '80s, like '81, '82, something like that. And then we sold it in two thousand and five. So we lived here for you know. I lived here until my, like, last little bit of high school. And so, we sold this house. I mean, you know, it's all, like, public record or whatever. So, we sold this house a five for, like, $105,000. <laughs> right. Which, at the time, was even a little bit low. It was... But it was just... I've to sell kind of quickly, and it would just all happen very fast. And it was to people that they knew. So, it was, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, I mean, like, f- that was 15, 14 years ago. It's well above that. Yeah. yeah and it's, like... <laughs> You know, and to be fair, I look I'm looking around the kitchen looking at it. there's been some improvements. In my house. Like, I'm not gonna pretend like there's not. Like, I'm looking around like, yeah, they did some work. Did some work. Um, but you know, I'm not like quite that level. And so you talk about like how much the housing market has appreciated disproportionate to like how incomes have appreciated or increased or how much you know, and this is not this is an area that's like not one of the places that's talked about as a neighborhood that's been hit by this rapid appreciation. Um, but that's a perfect example of that. That's not necessarily true of how much these neighborhoods have changed in mm-hmm. Like I couldn't afford to live in the house that I grew up in anyway.
0: right.
1: like, I couldn't afford to buy this house, you right. know, and it's like and while improvements have been made It's not a terribly different house from the one you grew up in. No, right. these kitchen cabinets are the same ones my parents put in right um, so it's 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 crazy to think that oh my God. nice countertop <laughs> <nice laughs> <countertops. Like>, The <laughs> assessment <laughs> is and hardware ludicrously know. above yep. what you know.
2: and again it's like maybe the value is that but by doing it more gradually that's when you start to get to phase in some of these taxes that maybe people can adjust and start appealing. You know, you don't not do it for 10, well, 15 years Well, and it, it time.
0: forces people... It forces people... Essentially, it forces people out and it cheats them out of the equity, the right. potential equity. Because if you have to sell because you can't pay your taxes, but you don't have the money to do the upgrades you need to get market value... Yes, right. Then you just lost, you know, yes. how many... Possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. Yeah. Right. So... And having
2: your house be worth more. That's not like you can go to the bank and like... Right. You could take, like, out, like, a, you know, second mortgage again. get... Like, but, like right. you're not going to be able to, like... It's not wealth that you can access or tap right. into in order to, like, pay bills. No. Right. Like, oh, cool. My house is worth more. But, like, I'm right. never going to see that until I sell. No. Unless right. you do a
1: home equity line of credit, which you have to pay back immediately. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a new loan with new interest. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's not good for anybody. Yeah. And so you were just mentioning your petitioning. That was the last thing that I think we all wanted to chat about was, mm-hmm. like, we've all... Uh, not yet, Brandon. He's got he's got time for this. But we've all you know gone through varying levels of running for office. Yeah. I thought that would be a, a fun conversation for all of us to have. Yeah, that's super fun. Lots of fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. You were talking about petitioning. That's that's the first thing you, you, that was your first time. Yeah. So running.
2: I in the spring past spring, ran for the Buffalo school board for an at large seat. Um, which so so the way the school board is set up is there's six districts each district has a representative, and there's three at-large seats. Um, the top three vote-getters get that. I finished fourth. Out of, of eight. Eight. Out, of out, of out of eight. Out of eight. Out of nine, actually.
1: Mm. Oh, it was nine. Okay. It was nine. Um, and I always like to point out that there was a big gap between four and five. So there, there was were, like, a clear line of demarcation there between was the, the three, good people in the Yeah. Well, there's, no, there's no.
2: the top three were very clear, and then me, and then there was a big gap between everyone else. So mm-hmm. it was like big three, then one, and then like mm-hmm. five other people.
1: You were up there. You were right I was, there. I did all right. You were, right did there. There. <laughs> you were on the ballot. I didn't get to say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. it, it was,
2: that, You know, but it was one of those things too. You know, and you could probably test this as well. But like, you know, that was like honestly my, and I, I've said this pretty openly, but like my litmus test for success was getting on the ballot and pushing the conversation in some ways mm-hmm. of conversations I didn't think people were having. Right. about you know equity and student and student empowerment about mm-hmm. leadership development about the way that we engage young people in the community mm-hmm. and i did that i did both of those things and you know honestly i would I'd be lying because there's not part of me that's like a little relieved that i don't have to actually like, <laughs> being on like the school board they did, triple, they did
1: triple the stipend though they did they mm-hmm. did it
2: fifteen thousand dollars a year now
1: yeah
2: um but you know i mean you know it's some of the this is like lots of drama and stuff that i'm like ah, i'm really glad i don't have to deal with that yeah not that i
1: want to digress but what was the most recent drama about sharon belton cotman so do are you aware of yeah so in a i'll just say in a nutshell
2: not because i don't know enough to really impose like right wrong whatever um but you know there was some basically they superintendent raised his cabinet level members stat salaries or proposed it, the board was going to approve it they did but there was some pushback by um so sharon belton cotman is the current board president basically like. I don't know why you're giving them all this extra money because we're not getting outcomes that we should be seeing and that money should go to classrooms, right, which right. is like, yeah. And mm-hmm. then some of the other members, I know Hope Jay specifically, was, but also said, like, yeah, but this is his staff and we give him the authority to be able to pay his staff, compensate his staff adequately. That's mm-hmm. not really our place to tell him how he should pay his staff. We negotiate contracts and things like that, which is also valid. Right. Um, and so so there was just, you know, some, you know, it happens. Yeah. And then I guess some of the board members were upset because, you know... Um, the board president with Sharon Bell and common she went out on uh, you know was on the radio talking and then just kind of was talking about it and they felt a little miffed that mm-hmm. you know airing out this sort of dirty laundry when they you know we, what happens here stays here you know we, we whatever but it's like you know she has the right to do that but you know it is also so I, get, I, get, I see where the frustrations were right. but they made the very kind of I think um mistake of inexperience by being like we're gonna handle this by calling a special meeting and we're gonna like try to (laughs) chastise like but just that's not how you deal with something like that you know like you have conversations you do that you know I I like I respect Sharon very much I think she's a very strong leader and I I got a lot of respect for her and it's like I'm not gonna go out and tell her that like you can't you can't go on the radio and talk about stuff. You know, it's like yeah. you know that's not really. Yeah.
0: See, and I, I mean, I, I have to say, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of this. Well, not airing dirty laundry like yeah. idea. Like, I feel like the public needs to know what's going on. And if yeah. an elected official, which she is, wants to go on the radio and talk about what's going on, I feel like the public deserves to know. And I mean. Yeah, I had no real. Problem. I think that there's a, a serious lack of transparency with with what goes on in Buffalo politics, which. Yeah. Which is why we have the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so that That's was right. That it's was uncensored. That. So I think there's some the, like, darting on
2: all around. It was just, ha- I think don't the think they handled it very, very poorly. And I think yeah. it, it comes with time of being like a relatively new group who haven't built those kind of relationships and communication structures yet to be able to maybe air out their personal grievances. And That's right,
1: because all the at-larges are, are completely new. Yeah, male. so
2: there's nine members, and of those nine members, only like all three at-larges are new, as well as I guess only one of the district seats. So four. So yeah, four new people. because Lou ran again, Petrucci. Yeah, so he was appointed halfway week the last term and then finished through. And then um, Dr. Teresa Harris-Tigg mm-hmm. did not um, seek re-election for the East District seat. Right. And uh, Kathy Evans-Brown won that seat. So all the at-large seats, which is uh, Larry Scott, Dr. Ann Rivera, and Terrence Heard mm-hmm. And uh, Kathy Evans-Brown are the four new folks anyway so but i i ran for the school board you i ran for the citywide seats uh partially because you know for me like i ran because i knew it was important for me to serve my community and i see gaps and you know i'm always someone that's going to not just like stand idly by when i see things happening that i'm not unhappy with you know my mom was involved in local politics so she was on the city council in the late 90s ran for city comptroller in 2003 ran for state assembly in 2008. Um, you know, she's always kind of around, and, you know, what she always taught me was that, you know, it's part of your civic responsibility to pursue these seats if you feel mm-hmm. like you are better and better serving the people who are in there, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. And, uh, you know, obviously within sort of reason, I'm not going to go out and, like, run for mayor next election, because it's, like, even though maybe I think <laughs> I'd be great. I think you be right. an improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, you know, but, you know I, I'm always I'm always aware of not, especially for me, I, I, like, you know, I, I'm always very cognitively aware of, like, not being... A mediocre white guy who just feels like i need to go have my name and stuff and <laughs> run stuff you know and i'm always like and i told people i was like before i ran i was like i called i was like please tell me i'm not doing this out of my own ego yeah. and they were like no you should definitely do this so but i, I had to like i'm constantly was trying to check myself to be like i don't this is not who i want to be this is not the kind of person i want to be and so but i knew that i had to be able to serve and so i wanted to do it from a place of something that i have something to say about and that i can talk to with authority about issues and you know um I've worked in youth with youth for a long time. Um, my background is in social work. I have a master's in social work. I have my state license. I've worked in youth development, youth mentoring programs for a long time. I know I'm working in all the different communities all around the city. I've worked in the schools. My wife's a school social worker. Like, I know the school system. I went to the Buffalo Public Schools for 13 years. Um, worked in them for two. So anyway, and so that was why I decided to run. Um, but I, you know, Hope J is my district rep, and I like Hope, and I respect for Hope, and I wasn't just going to do it to do it, you know? So right. that was why I didn't want to run against her. And, um, cause again, it was like, I'm not going to do it because I, like, I think she does a good job and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I ran for that large seat. And so, so I spent, you know, most of the time just, uh, we have to get a thousand signatures for that. And it's a little bit easier than some of the other ones because it's a thousand. But it can be anywhere in the city, any party affiliation, and people can sign for three because there's three seats. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. So it was a lot easier. So I remember talking to people who were like trying to get signatures for like common council. and they were like, "You get how many?" I was like, "Yeah, but it's way easier for well, me." <laughs> you well, know?
0: Yeah, and comptroller was yeah 1,500. Right. Yeah, which right. is crazy. And those
1: were lowered. Yeah, like, that that, was...
0: yeah. It's normally 2,000. Really? Yeah, yeah, right, which is just,
1: insane. They, they they passed a temporary law lowering all the values because mm-hmm. um, it was 375 for common council and mm-hmm. it's normally. 500. 500. Yeah, 500. Yeah, that's how much
2: it is for the district council, for the right. district school board seats. Yeah, really But so we did so a lot fi- of, we ended up filing, I think, like, 1250 mm-hmm. um, I got about more than half of those just myself. Um, you know, I spent like 20 hours a week just yeah. out yeah. canvassing, doors just everywhere, yeah. you know. It uh, didn't have much. I had some help, you know. I think we got like maybe 15 or 20 people total who were able to get some signatures, but like I said, yeah, I got from to all of them.
1: So, yeah. And Vanessa, your, your path was a little little different. I'm not sure how yeah. how far you want to go back and and explain. No, your... I
0: mean it was. Um, so I should say that when I ran for county comptroller in 2017, I did not have the same petitioner blues because <laughs> because I was backed by the party uh, running against a Republican. And so, you know, the party was out, like I had an army, there was an army of people Mm -hmm. collecting signatures on my behalf. Um,
1: And I I guess just so people are aware that the reason you ran in 2017 was because Schroeder was appointed to the... So that was
0: here, yeah. So that was this year, 2017... Stefan Mahilu was up for re-election, and so I was asked. Oh, county. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're right. City. Yeah.
1: City was yeah. okay. Yeah. So city Counting.
0: was city was this year, and and yes, I had been. So basically, I had been in talks with Schroeder last year, and he asked me to come on as his deputy, as his deputy comptroller. I thought I was just going to have a job, you know, for the next four years. <laughs>
1: Well, that would and be, <laughs> as, as, uh, according to usual party politics, so I think it's usually going a safe bet.
0: Yeah, and so like uh, then right before I, I started, I found out that he was moving on to become commissioner of the DMV, and like in a matter of you know moments, it was like, okay, now this is like, are you running? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. yeah. And this is at the same time that the state passed the law, you know, the election law reforms, uh, making it so that way uh, September was no longer the primary date. It was now in June. And so now uh, instead of petitioning in June, we were petitioning in February, uh, February through early April. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was super (laughs) fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and because we had so many signatures to get, I mean, we really didn't have any choice. We were out at the St. Patrick's Day parades. We were out, you know, just, like, on the corners, accosting people, trying to get (laughs) signatures. Because, like, if you have ever gone door to door, you can spend two hours and get ten signatures. Yeah. And so, like, we really just did not have the time. And, like, with me having young kids, like, at the time that we were doing all this, like, my daughter was, like, five months old. So, yeah, it's, it's it
1: really is crazy. Um, the one time I I went I petitioned for Common Council in the Niagara District, and there was one Friday. And this was a, a suggestion from a friend of mine. I just went to the local Tops, and I stood mm-hmm. there at the entryway at Tops, and I filled out a sheet, of 25 signatures within an hour or two. Yeah. Whereas the final day that I petitioned, I walked up and down Niagara Street, and I didn't get a single signature into it. Yeah. And then yeah. I, so um, I never ended up filing because I was approaching the, the 300. Or actually I was probably going to easily crack 400, but I was mm-hmm. probably going to lose so many of those right. to challenges that it wouldn't yeah. have made right. sense to file. And then right. for those that aren't aware, you know, uh, the Bernice Radel was also petitioning in Niagara along with David Rivera, who's the incumbent yeah and so i figured if i'm just going to file my 400 and get knocked off it doesn't make sense yeah she had probably double the number that she needed so mm-hmm. i figured okay that should be a, a, yeah. a good two-way race and but, then and, but then she then it was. ended it was up bad. yeah but then she, then was she using got the knocked wrong off petition. Yeah. that was incredibly disappointing and i do yeah. as a lawyer i see both sides of it yeah. i i see that the law says it has to be written a certain way and you are swearing to that. So mm-hmm. it has to have the wording properly. But I also see it's just a barrier to entry. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. I I see both sides of that. And I mm-hmm. one, one thing I do want to say is that I have met with um, David Rivera. I like him as a person and he's not one of the worst council members that I've ever seen that we mm-hmm. have. So it was never something personal where I wanted to knock him off. It was just, well, oh, this is the district I live in and I need to... Kind of like Jack said, I need to. I want to make some noise and have certain conversations, mm. so this is the way I have to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I'll say that I like David Rivera um, as a person as well, and I think that he's got some, I think he's got, I think he cares about the community, I think his staff cares about the community, and they are usually willing to ask some good questions during council meetings, which I really appreciate. I would like to see more happen, so I mean, but well, he's not my representative, the, so I mean, I guess, yeah. like... Well, the
1: votes sometimes, <laughs> often, yeah. don't track the, yeah. the pushback, so right. I... If, like, like you were, I think you might have been saying earlier. It's like, yeah, you can say as much as you want, but if in the end of the day yeah. you're still towing the exactly. same line, yeah. what's changing? Well,
0: exactly. I mean, and that's why. Let's, again, let's see some.
1: Let's see some protest votes. Right it went to one. Right. There's
0: the one. Well, and that's why it's like. That's why I mentioned the thoughts and prayers thing because it's just like.
1: That's you. Yeah, as you were saying. I feel like.
0: <laughs> I feel like yeah. It's it's like if you're if you talk a good game, but then at the end of the day like eight of those council members voted for uh, or not seven of those so those council members voted for a comptroller that's doesn't Mm -hmm. that is not doing a good job abstained right yeah so so one vote no Golembeck voted he's the only one who voted and then franzek abstained that's right right so um i'm sorry Yeah, yeah yeah
2: that you know and it's yeah it's frustrating
0: so i mean like to me it's not okay. Like, that that stuff is not okay. It's not okay for you to be a council member and vote in somebody who... I'm sorry. when I was there at that council meeting yes. and nobody wanted to nominate her. She almost didn't get nominated onto the for the vote. And then Pridgen was like, hold on. <laughs> you know there's somebody else who's supposed... Like, literally. He literally said that. And then Wyatt nominated her. So it's just like... So let's be clear, you know they knew mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing at the time, yeah. and so it's just like if you're a council member though, this is your job. Like you're supposed to be having the the best interests of the city in mind when you're when you're debating the budget. Like you're supposed to be pushing back on it. Because so that we don't have ten million dollar gaps every year, or twenty million dollars, or thirty million dollars. Right. Well they,
1: well, they doubled the parking. No, they'll, 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 they'll <laughs> yeah, save
2: everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. part of it too, and this is—I was—I this on Twitter today to Adam. But you know. Part I think, the reason behind that is that like none of these of face challenges ever. And There's yeah. no accountability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was I've looked at I was looking at the past calendars during my lunch break today because as one does, I like to look at electoral county <laughs> <laughs> kind of elections over the past twenty years because you know it's all on there, so it's pretty easy to like compile. Mm-hmm. But over the last since two thousand one, that was the, as far back as the they have data easily accessible on the elections website only five council races have been decided by a margin of less than like 200 votes like 10 percent or less only five right um two of them one of them was the closest one was the david vera's first run Mm. with peter savage with peter savage that was the closest and then the one with Mitch Norkowski and Fillmore just this year, mm. uh, his camp was the was the the fifth. Yeah, and, and that plus, was a three way race. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say there was more than just the two there of was, them, so it's, it can, even that's a little skewed because right. the third person was. Mm. There was another one that
2: was like that too, and then there was um, uh, there was one that was oh with the recent one was the last election in the la- in the Democratic primary for Mastin. Mm-hmm. When Ulysses Wingo won, Sharon Bell and Cotman actually ran against him as uh, from running for the school board, and she lost the Democratic primary like a hundred votes. Mm. Um, it was like thousand fifty to like eleven hundred or something like that. <laughs> Low turnout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're all like that. I mean, even Delaware is where it turns out the most, and on council district years the highest you ever really see is like four thousand votes. Yeah. For context, there's about so the way they divvy them up is you know each district should have the same amount of registered voters, so it's about sixteen thousand in each district. Some that's a little skewed. For example, North has like Buff State, where there's a lot of registered voters, but they don't vote. Right. Um, Actually, like if you look at that district's history, it's like it's the largest enrollment of any single district mm-hmm. in the city, but the lowest turnout rate of any district in the city. So you know you have to kind of skew it. Mm-hmm. So in Delaware, there's about ten thousand right now registered Democrats of uh, like sixteen thousand registered voters. Uh, of those, the most we ever get is maybe like maybe fifty percent on a good year for like a mayoral election or something. Right.
0: So, I mean, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. What do you, I'll just throw this out to the group, what do you think we can do to increase turnout? Because, I mean, I've been doing a little bit of research um, on ranked choice voting. San Francisco has ranked choice voting. They have 75% uh, turnout for elections, but they also have mail-in voting as an option, mm-hmm. which it looks like...
2: We'll have early voting here now.
0: So, well we will have early voting mail-in it seems when i looked at their numbers it seemed like uh, like 35 was like going to the ballot and then the rest of it was mail-in mm, yeah. so like what do you think is a good
1: uh i'm a huge proponent of of ranked choice voting and so for those at home that might not be aware or, or familiar with this it's where you rank your choices. So if there mm-hmm. are four candidates for one position, you say, well, this is the person I want first. And then if they don't win, mm-hmm. I want you to move my vote to this person. Mm-hmm. And if they don't win, I want you to... So you do that, and you what they do is they cut out the lowest vote getter and move those votes to other people mm-hmm. until you get somebody who has more than 50% of the vote. So mm-hmm. you're always going to have somebody who wins with a majority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good idea because then it gives people the ability to... Throw no one ever throws their vote away mm-hmm. because you say well i'm going to vote for joe schmo on the the ballot line that's like seventh at the, from the you know and then if joe schmo at the seventh ballot line doesn't win then you can move my vote to the democrat mm-hmm. so at least it gives these lower parties they don't always we have fusion voting where the same person can be endorsed on all these different ballot lines mm-hmm. at least we can start to chip away at that and yeah. say like Working Families Party can run a different candidate. Right, they can right. run their own and say, well, yeah, I like Terry right. on the Working Families Party. But right. if Terry doesn't win, then move my vote
2: to Joan. Right. Yeah. Well, right. and it's a two, a two parts of the issue, I think. One is just general, you know, ballot box access, right, people getting you know, opportunities to vote. So having mail-in voting would make a huge difference. I think early voting, we'll see how much of a difference that makes. Um,
0: well, I don't see, know. I mean, so I guess, like, the problem is twofold, right? Yeah. Because, like, if you have early voting and fair elections, like, I'm putting this in air quotes, <laughs> <laughs> but you rig the ballot access, right. you know, system, so that way there's nobody on the ballot, you know, come November or come June when, you know, in Buffalo where everybody's a Democrat, right? So, like, then, then what does it matter? What does yeah. it matter if you have early voting? Yeah. Yep. Because if you've wiped out like half of the primaries, which they did, right, right, then, then who's there to vote for? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that this is why. I mean, I really think like, I mean, I, I'm not advocating for violence, but we need a revolution. <laughs> like, yeah, we well, well, need like say, a, you know an election law revolution. Have, yeah. Do you know
2: if they're going to have if the same rules for early voting stuff is going to apply to the primary elections going forward, or is the primary election still going to just be one day in June? do we do you, do you know wait wait can you I, well like the primaries also have early voting
0: yeah oh I, I I don't know I have no idea
2: because that that makes a difference too you know but it is something it's like and we've talked about this before but like you know in a city like Buffalo where the Democratic primary is largely the only election that really matters mm-hmm. um yeah you're right like the general election and then but I think the other part of it too like, that sides in with that is also the feeling of just disenfranchisement right you know I'll use yes. the Delaware Council District as an example since like 1985 we had four councilmen, right? Mm-hmm. We had Al Capola for like twenty years, mm-hmm. and then he left, and we got his cousin Mark Capola, mm-hmm. and then Mark Capola left, and we got Mike Licurto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and
2: then Mike Licurto left, and we got his cousin Joel Faroletto. Yeah. Those are the last four, and right. like, not bad guys,
1: no, you know? but, but they cynically hand the seat to each other in a mm-hmm. way that takes exactly. the democracy out of it. And exactly. it's
0: been run by two different families, yeah, over two the families, kind of, well, and I mean, you know, is-
2: and I, and you know. So I mean, there's frustrations with that where it is—it feels like this, um, you know.
0: A fiefdom. Yeah,
2: like a <laughs> yeah. like this like royal lineage <laughs> yeah. of these yeah. families that just gets right, yeah. you know, kind of passed down, and, and it's like you know that that is frustrating because it's like because then that, that feeds into the system of like you know okay well like how do I even yeah and what's the point
1: and it's not just the common council seats like that just happened with Peter Savage there was yeah
2: in the county legislators right state. so yeah. what they
1: do is they have these people run quote-unquote primaries, mm. and then they in this, in this case, the judge retired, yeah. and then they have free reign to appoint whoever they want. Mm-hmm. Right, them. so
2: with, like, with, with, with Mike Lucurdo, I mean, you know, I have every reason to believe that it wasn't, like, nefarious, but right. what they should do is appoint someone who's not running to finish out the seat.
1: Mm-hmm. That's just
2: what they should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at least in that seat, I will say with Peter Savage, they I look, they didn't appoint her to the seat until after the primary. So Lisa Schmero, who's who they added to the so she didn't have to do the petitioning process. They just added her to the ballot, right? And then so, but sometimes, so like with Howard Johnson, with Barbara Williams, she left. They just pointed him to the county legislature, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. ran as an incumbent, right? But Lisa Shamera and Todd, they didn't do that. Uh, they waited until after she won the Democratic primary and was, you know, basically guaranteed the seat, and then appointed her in.
1: You know, so which then, is worse because as somebody who did petitioning for the first time for myself. That's the hardest part. Yeah. You should be you have to yeah. get yourself on the but ballot. So, you know, it's like just put someone in there to finish out the term who's not
2: running. You know, or things sure. like that. Or like you know, it's like, and that that's the frustration. And so with like, I know with like, with uh, with like Michael Lucero. So he got applied, he got offered a job in the county, it was like the planning office, and it was like a sweet gig. And like, mm. you know, and then, you know, he left, and I have a reason to think it wasn't like planned, right? Like I I, I believe that.
1: Um, yeah, for for all intents and purposes. I have heard nothing but good things about Mike Kurt right, mm-hmm. you know, so, but, gets, but it was sick like and passed really away, and people are very, yes. you know, they miss he him was, very much. He was, he was
2: probably, I'm one of the best councilmen we've had in the last, like, you know, 20 right. years, yeah. but, you know, and, but that doesn't change the fact that what it looked like was bad, and the fact that my councilman, Joel Faroletto, who, again, is, like, not a bad guy, is like, mm-hmm. a nice guy that I like as a person, yeah, I you know, don't agree with on him. policy, yeah. like, yeah. but, you know, he's not, he's fine, But has not faced any significant challenge and he's basically been handed eight years in office as a councilman. Mm -hmm. And like that's not cool. That's not the way it should be. And that's just not that's not a democratic system. And I think, you know, partially and again, speaking only from perspective of like what I know from my from the Delaware district, is like it's because you have a really tight hold of the party the party has a really tight hold and a lot of close people have a lot of tight hold. And that's not the party like ECDC central office, but it's the people who, you know, are the local zone chairs and things like that. They have just a really tight hold and control on things, which is, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but it's, but then it becomes the question of, like, if you're someone who votes in that district and you have a councilman who for eight years is just, was handed to you and then has never faced any kind of opposition, then
1: why why should you feel
2: like you want to vote, and so no matter how access accessible we make ballot, even if we put people on the ballot, if people don't feel like it matters, then they're not going to show up and vote. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot of that the power games that are played with, like
0: well, but I think that I think that the, but I don't I think that if we had an easier ballot access system, and you had and you gave people the opportunity to run and get their message out there, yeah, I yeah. think that that could shift. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think that it. I, I mean. I think that by wiping out the competition like before it even starts, just it it, it makes it to where it's so jaded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even if you had somebody an incumbent who is winning every single time, uh, because people just vote with name recognition, it would be better. It would at least give people more hope in the system than. Yeah. <laughs> than, yeah. I mean, right now everybody's just like, I'll tell you when I was uh, petitioning. And I've, not, I've said this probably ten thousand times already, but like what I heard the most was, I don't do this politics stuff, blah yeah. blah 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 blah, yeah, yeah, And like nobody wants to be engaged, and yeah. that's the worst thing because yeah. it just it's like a, it perpetuates the cycle, right. right? And it keeps the ha- the power in the hands of the few, like you yes. were talking about. Yeah. I mean, and so it's just like, and it's only, and it stays in the hands of the people who are willing to to, to play by the rules to pay, play within the power structure that exists and it doesn't give room for people who are willing to upset that and stretch the conversation. Like, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing ranked choice voting? Yeah. Why aren't we doing whatever, X, Y, and Z? Well,
2: it's because, you know, the state legislators are the ones who decide that and the system that is this favors them because they got an office under it, so why yeah. would they want to change it too yeah. much, yeah. you know? Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, you know, next year is a state... legislature. Well, all the state legislature seats are up. You mm-hmm. know, I know there's that... So, you know, Chris Jacobs is leaving his state Senate seat, so there's a chance that that's going to be, like, a pretty open it's race. So it's It is, and I've heard Sean of...
0: Sean Ryan... Sean Ryan's
2: definitely running. Yes, And knows. I've heard a few other, okay. like, kind of names thrown <laughs> around, and I know, like, who knows? I think they're kind of being a handful of people are running, mm-hmm. and I don't, And you know, who knows what'll end up happening in terms of who gets more party backing and not because I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it seems like
1: Sean Ryan's been doing his homework, and he's been hitting all the local... Sure county Democratic But, you know, committees. who knows? There could be
2: someone from yeah. Tanawanda or Hamburg, you know, because mm-hmm. those are big um, constituencies yeah. in that district too, not just yeah. the city that could... Um, but so, you know, that's going to be an opportunity to push people in certain directions. We can use that as an opportunity if he's running and wants to be that, that state senate seat, then we can say, like, we want to push you, yeah. but then we also he's leaving his assembly seat, and I haven't heard really anything about anyone who's trying to run for that. It's, but that, that's a wide open seat, like that's right. something that we can really try to push for, and that's it's it's completely open. Like, it really is, and I so that's I don't know that, of
1: anybody that's in the pipeline, the dem pipeline, and so
2: whoever is starting to run, if you're listening, you should start now. Yes, Like you need to start now. Yeah. Um,
0: oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you said that because I was gonna. If you
2: want to do that, yeah. like you know, I mean, shoot, like you know, maybe I, if I live in the district, maybe I would do it just for fun, like whatever. But I don't live in that district, so I can't. <laughs> But, like I'm saying, like, you know, you need to start. And I will point out out that it is a grossly
1: gerrymandered district. It's a very funky district. The state senate district is, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The senate is awful. They both Uh, are. But I was just thinking, you're talking about uh, ballot access. I remember back when we were doing all our petitioning this past winter, I looked it up, and most seats... Up in Canada, you need a hundred signatures to get on the ballot, and if yeah, you're, in a, if you're yeah. in a rural area, it's fifty. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely value yeah. having some sort
2: of signature thing because I think it is important, but right. it's way too high—like right. a hundred. Yeah, way too high. hundred. Yes.
0: So, but yeah, but like a hundred, and then maybe if you want to challenge somebody and their signatures, like you have to have—I mean, you have to prove fraud. Yes, like,
1: right. and then ranked choice voting is going to go hand in hand with a lower yeah um, signature limit. So it's like. Yeah. If I have seven people that qualify, I can rank them.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much of this, and I, I generally don't know. I mean, this thing we're talking about. How much say would Buffalo be able to do over municipal elections if we wanted to change some of this? So Not much.
0: I. <sighs> I'm actually in the... We're actually in the process of researching this right now. New York City is in the process of implementing this, but of course New York City is always, like... Yeah, because there was a thing on the
2: Capitol Press room about them talking about... Yeah, yeah. ...choice voting in New York.
1: How do you think about
0: it? But supposedly, I mean... um, Supposedly there's no home rule um, requirement for this, so I don't know.
1: As far as I understand, all the election law comes from the state. But as far as anything in the charter it can't go against it.
0: It can't go against it, but I don't know if there's anything in the charter that requires it. And I don't know whether mm-hmm. it's I I don't know if so it would be at, sorry, at the at the county level versus, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, <laughs> I, mean, I can get back to you with something. <laughs> something that you know.
2: so, yeah. well, that I'm not an thinking. election law attorney. <laughs> yeah. Well, if New York City is doing it, clearly there's some kind of pathway that sure. they're, whether or not they're like, it might get yeah. taken to court
1: and, Whatever, but like, and then it goes back to what you were saying about political will. Like, what do what do we have here? And I think revolution is is a word that people like to use, but I I do believe that we need to be building power in the communities so that we can go and tell these people, you're gonna vote this way, and if you don't, you're gonna hear from all these people. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you if you don't, then we'll just find somebody who will. Yeah. And and eventually it gets to the point where you don't need them right
0: yeah yeah i mean and i think that's exactly right i think if you build up enough i think if people are informed and you build up enough will among the people for mm-hmm. something to happen then yes then then the people at the top lose power yes. and i think that that's why yeah we need to be having these conversations for yes. sure
1: and yeah. i think hopefully that would be a way to answer your question is how to get people involved yeah. as you you meet them in the community um, yeah. and not well, just not just, uh, to not just
2: knocking get back to having politicians and you know, civic leaders you know engaging as community organizers again and they used to be yeah. like that and mm-hmm. then we lost it when we built up these power structures yeah. and it's getting back to that kind of system of you yeah, know she, and this is what Catherine Franco would talk about a lot when she was running for councils like she wanted to be every summer Love she her, wanted to be really. going yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> She's wonderful. And she's like great. one of the things I really liked about it was like, she's right. Like every summer she wanted to be out in the community knocking on doors. Not just when it's election yeah. time, but yeah. every summer you go out in the community, you knock yeah. on doors. Having yeah. like, um, uh, like a district office for council members. Cause it's not easy for folks to get downtown all the time. And you even just having like a part-time office in your district, you know, I know I saw like April Baskin has like a district office now. Yeah. And I know mm-hmm. Peter Savage, awesome. too. Yeah. yeah, she's wonderful too. And I know Peter Savage also had for County ledge had a district office and mm-hmm. it's like, but things like that, that like, You know, that accessibility, that, you know, actually rooting your work in the community. And I think that there were folks that, you know, when you look at people like some of the leaders that we have now might have done that when they started, Mm -hmm. but then they forget and you lose sight of that. And it's like, you know, we need to figure out how we can make sure we keep people inside. And that's without organizing the community and folks to remind people and keep them accountable to the people that put you in this office. You're responsible and accountable to us. Um,
0: Well, and that's why I think primary elections, valid primary elections, are healthy because... It keeps people. It keeps people, yeah. you know, out there affirming that this is what they still want to do, and that they are going to represent the community right. and yeah. the community community's needs. I just want to really, really quickly mention. Can we mention the group that we?
2: I'm
1: an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, so plug plug away.
0: <laughs> well, I know we were like in, still in yeah. beginning stages of talking about this, but. Um, we've been interested in, like, we've been talked with Catherine. i talked to Adam about and, this too, okay. so he's yeah. okay, Yes. So about starting a group of people in, in the interest of building coalitions and, and kind of getting out there and getting more people involved in the conversation. So that way we can build a bigger network. Yeah. Yeah. Of and, I think, talking about and I think there's
2: some, I've talked to, and so I've been talking to a lot of people and for me, it's, it's this question of like, and again, this is really topical that we're talking about, but like this idea that like we've all run for office or tried in some capacity and not been successful right and so then what do you do at that point what do you do if you don't win and this is why we're talking like catherine or folks like DeJohn hall who um you know submitted it was trying to run for uh, the fillmore council district mm. and had some again some ballot access issues as well and so like you know we've and we've learned a lot had doors open to us built relationships and then all of a sudden it's like okay so like what now you know mm-hmm. we didn't win but where it's not like we disappear and you have a level. And so there's like this necessary part of that, that is like the community capacity building with, you know, community folks. But I think there's an other side of that that is for folks like us who have, you know, are, we're not like just like community members. We have some social capital that we can bring to the table that we can collaborate with and figuring out how do we then collectively start activating that? Because what I want to see is if someone does want to run for office, that they have someone they can go to and be like, please tell me what are like some major caveats I need to know. Not, right. And not having these gatekeepers to so this knowledge of what it takes to access these things. Yes. Right. And not having one of the reasons why, you know, when you had people like Bernice and Melanie who had these, like, one of the reasons they, they ran into that was because they didn't trust, they didn't know who to trust and they, you know, trusted some people who gave them some bad advice and, you know, that was all from a place of... I can't trust the system to give me the good advice and I have to be right. secretive and right. dismiss because so I have to do this outward thing. And it's like, you shouldn't have to do that. And there right. should be places you can go that you can say, listen, I've done this. I'm, it's not abstract to me. Like I've done this work. I can tell you I've like had my petitions challenged. I've had to deal with this. Let's yeah. share that knowledge with you.
1: The, the, the simplest thing would be on the board of elections website, how to run for office and have a devoted page. And I, you, I looked around when I was first looking into this idea of, of running for common council. You can't find information on how know. to do it. The only reason I was able to figure it out was because I knew people who have done it before. And right. mm-hmm. I got guidance from them. I got a petition from somebody who was really good at petitioning. They gave me their form. Mm-hmm. And like that's the only way I well, and, like, ended like, up doing it. They, like, they, they, the board had. I remember they had templates, but like I
2: remember Melanie saying like, she didn't want to use them because she didn't, and Bernice saying like, they didn't want bad. to tip yeah. yeah, When they don't want to tip off the board that they and because they because this person who runs the board of elections is also the chair of the county Democratic
1: Party. Right. Well, which and but really didn't want too. to
2: tip them off that we're trying to run against them because right. of this sense of yeah. mistrust and you know and it's and, like well,
0: also their
1: is, forms are just bad. I don't, I don't like them. There's only there, ten signatures on yeah. it. Yes, that's also true.
0: Although I do, I will say I see uh, I see the um, the point to having it like that because. Uh, if you just do the signature without having them print the name under then yeah. it makes it easier them to challenge sure. the signature so I actually um, I can appreciate that <laughs> <more now. laughs> that's true yeah yeah true um, and you know I guess I I don't know I forgot
1: my thought. But well, anyway, but the
2: idea being just like trying to rein in a wrangle and some space where people can say, and maybe that looks like we've been talking about just doing like happy hours where we can say, if you're people who are engaged in this work, let's all come meet at the same place and talk about it. Right. Yeah. You know, because there also are people out there that are looking to find people who want to run for office and pounce on them okay, and take
0: Okay, I remember my thought though. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to say this. So yes, yes, it brings up the conflict of interest with the chair being there because... You know, there's, re- there's good reason to feel mistrust, because if they got tipped off, then, I mean, there are certain areas in those districts, especially Fillmore, for example, where there are easier places to get signatures, and then there are harder places to get signatures. So if you have an inkling that somebody's tipping, if you have a tip-off that somebody's going to challenge you, then you go to the more denser parts of the district, or the more dense parts of the district, Collect those signatures so that way your competition is now forced to go to the less dense population. Because you
2: will only sign for one candidate yeah. and it's the first one that counts. So exactly. If, so, if, so if you go to a house and have someone sign for, uh, so say like uh, Dijon, for example, in Fillmore was going and you know had someone to sign and then the next day um, or like a day earlier, like Pharaoh Page had been there getting a signature, then only right. Pharaohs would count. Mm-hmm. So right. that, that's why that, that's how that works. Um, so there is yeah. there
0: is a conflict of there is a reason why he should not be there right well, he so it's should like only the be there not of, the chair yeah well, like and it's
2: it. a definitely like a culture of mistrust and things like that too where it's like and again like whether it's I, I don't think it's relevant I mean it is and it isn't but I, it, when it comes to the actual like experience of that mistrust whether or not he is or isn't or whatever, it doesn't even
1: matter. It's what it's what's because called because it's like an I'm appearance not appearance of it. impropriety. Yeah,
0: impropriety. yeah. And yeah. That's,
1: a, that's one of our favorite legal yes. terms. Right. You, the judges are not supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, because it's an appearance of impropriety, even yeah. if it's not. If not doing anything wrong, it right. doesn't matter. You right. cannot put that out there.
0: Yeah, and I'll probably go as far as to say. If you are the chair of the Board of Elections, you probably shouldn't have been in a leadership role within the party within the past, like, 20 years.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the so, idea that he can hold both of those at the same time is, right. is well, he, he did block me on Twitter because I pointed it out to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he likes the black people. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. But so,
2: you know, it's, but again, it's figuring out that our own capacity building because, you know, so much of the work in Buffalo and, you know, it's so much of, like, running a campaign in the city is not about, like, policy. It's not, people don't generally, which is probably not a good thing, but people generally don't really care. Um, yeah, that's true. I didn't know who
1: anybody, but what what they were running for, I, don't, I still don't. Nobody yeah. nobody, Because they don't talk about it. They don't have to. About about yeah. Yeah. They don't have That's to, right. Yeah. Because they don't have that's to. Right. Yeah. No one ever can and push so, us on them. Yeah, you know, we have to be able to
2: push more towards policy conversations, but we can also make that system work for us to be able to say, we have all these disparate people who are building this capacity and have this social capital, and we can band together and say, I'm going to allow you to access, and we don't have be in competition with each other or hoard you know, our own resources and be able to get a community of folks together to be able to say, I know that I can bring resources from this neighbor in this community. I can bring resources from this neighbor in this community. I know what's going on over here. Let me open this door for you. You open this door for me because that's how it works. And so like, you know, as we're organizing communities on a really grassroots level, which is extremely important doing voter registration work, getting people engaged. We can also be doing that work on a higher level to open up doors for each other and and build up some solidarity of, you know, uh, folks who are on, a, you know, have that social capital access already and are able to kind of, you know, ban that. And I think that's really important to make sure we're also doing because what happened when only one is, we want to make sure they're happening in tandem. Right. And so that way, when there's someone who is being organized in the community who wants to, you know, basically is like, I'm excited about this. I'm, I am feel like a community leader. I know my neighborhood. I want to be able to serve my community. Um, you know, look at someone like Tina Sanders who like ran for Fillmore District as well. You know, She's someone in her community and so a space where she can come and say, this is what I want to do. Can you give me some tips and advice? Can you help me to figure this out? And yeah. even if it's not running for office, it's connecting you with the people who are social and civic leaders in your community. Because the solution isn't always, I'm going to run for office against this person or I'm going to go run for this office. Sometimes the solution is just you know getting more engaged in a community organization or Mm -hmm. building up your block club or community system you know like there's lots of different places and if you can connect folks with those people who maybe are already doing that work and they just don't know about it and they need a door open for them then we can do that you know and it's all of these different things that need to happen in order for you know real change to happen and I think ultimately too it's about putting people in office it's about putting people in different places and I think you know we can have someone like you know with david rivera for example i think when he was on the council with someone like mike lucurdo they were able to band together and push for more stuff Mm. because they had allies and i think for someone like him and you know i think it's tougher when you don't really have someone next to you saying yes we're doing this and hopefully you know having someone like mitch on there now and hopefully like it's gonna say because
1: mitch used to be on his staff right yes
2: he worked for him for a little bit and then he was a central they have like central legislative staff right Right. um you know, but being able to have allies, I think, is important. So you get one, you get two, you get a few more, and then all of a sudden, you can start doing these things. And if we do that, and then do that, you know, we start building these relationships and these power centers that can help elevate that. I think is important.
0: Well, and like, and serving to raise awareness on the issues. Right. I mean, when people right. show up, mm-hmm. when you have a hundred exactly. people show up in council chambers and they know that they're wa- that people are watching, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And like with on yeah. the state level, green light. Was passed yeah, because yeah. of like community coming together across the state and pushing for this. Yeah,
1: same as the Housing Stability Act. Yeah, it was, it was tenants showing up and the the green uh, the 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 Western New York. News was part of that coalition yeah. that would go down there and try to push through the the climate protection in the mm-hmm, state that mm-hmm. they passed. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, and
2: CCPA like barely got pushed through. Right, Ryan, like barely got pushed through. And yeah. The only reason it did was because there was strong community activists and organizers and folks building towards that. Right, you that's know, that
1: what we of, need. Yeah, and I think the people meeting like this is how that starts exactly. And, and, so if yeah. you're
2: listening to this and you want to, you know, if you have it, a urge to serve your community and you want to know how, like. Hit up any one of us. Yes. You know, we'll help you. We'll do the best we can to, you know. And it's also, that's how you build. you get to know people and find those allies. You can't do it all on, like, Twitter. You can't do it just based on, like, you know, people. You have to sit across from someone, have a conversation and say, mm-hmm. this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Like, yeah. be real yes. with you. And you can say, cool. Yeah. Like, you you know.
1: Speaking, speaking of which, um, we'll put this out. There is going to be a tenant assembly meeting. Okay. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. saw that. Yeah, at the Push headquarters, which is at... 429 Plymouth Avenue and so this is something that uh, I've been working on with a couple other people including John Washington from Push we're we're trying to get tenants to come together and meet each other and start to have conversations about the problems that they're facing Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: hopefully it can turn into something big like all those other groups that have been going to Albany there are tenant unions, and we're hoping to have something yeah. like that yeah. here in Buffalo. That would yeah. be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, so the twenty-sixth yeah. next next Thursday evening at six o'clock, that'll be something that if you're looking to get involved, whether you're a homeowner or a tenant, doesn't matter. We're you know we're looking for for people to come and show show solidarity. And speaking of social media, you guys can put your own out there if you want. So if <laughs> if, if people are get those <laughs> Twitter follows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know,
2: yeah, I think the Facebook page is Buffalo Politics Uncensored. Yeah. so there's new episodes up on there. It's also on the podcast. I mean, if you're not listening to if you're listening to Below Zero, then you, <laughs> you can also find us on I think like Spotify. I use Overcast. Yeah, as my mm-hmm. podcast app of choice. It's, so it's on all the major.
0: There. It's like on Apple yep. podcast and all that other stuff. That's so. where I listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm. In the process of trying to get a website and everything together. Mm. I was supposed to be taking the summer to do that, but mm. I got it. I texted
2: her other day, like, so t- 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 did, like <laughs> a week ago, because we were getting it with the folks, and I was like, I don't know if you're back on vacation or She was like, oh, I'm in Rome.
0: Yeah,
2: then, yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. we will just hang out in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> so, that sounds like uh, more fun than whatever we were doing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and then I got back, and I've been working on this pro bono case that I have, so, like, I... I uh, am behind, but yeah, we've definitely got some cool stuff in line. I think we're gonna try and do some merchandise. and like, ah, fun. Get a website and stuff. Yeah. so yeah so, yeah.
1: And as for us we're we're below zero, BLO. Z-E-R-O, we're on the Which Facebook. Which is so clever. I was like, oh yeah. man,
0: they're so much
1: better than that <laughs> <laughs> word. Well, we're not uncensored, though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> heavily,
0: heavily <laughs> c- totally censored. censored. We have to watch our potty mouths out there. <laughs> yeah, we're on,
1: we're on Twitter and Facebook and most of the listening devices, I have no idea. Right. I can't
2: remember. I listen do it Overcast. Sometimes it's delayed when a subscription, like new episodes come through, I'll see it like on, you know, like you'll post something or like, I'll see it somewhere else first and the next day will show up, but it's on there. Cool.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, we don't have a Buffalo Politics Uncensored Twitter, but I think you are active on Twitter and so am I, Jack.
1: Yeah, what are your handles? So
0: I'm, I think I'm...
1: I'm, <laughs> well, will say mine, <laughs> both <looking> <laughs> you're both looking at no, mine. Is, I was just checking Twitter on there, dude. I, I
2: use it in spurts, but mine is uh, Jack underscore K. Um,
0: um,
1: that's it, you got that one?
2: I've had that for like a really long time. Oh, that's nice. I, I didn't use it for like a really long time and then I deleted everything because it was, you know, you don't want all your past. In the... <laughs> so I just wiped it out and then oh, yeah. I just, so.
0: so I'm at V. Gluszewski for my personal or I have my campaign one that I've had for a couple of years now which is at Vanessa G. Oh. Yeah. So, um... Mine's just,
1: I think, mine's just first last name, Adam Bojack. And I did, I did have one too for, for my campaign. It was what I think Bojack for Buffalo or something right. like that. It's yeah. always good when you can go with the alliteration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, All our stuff was a vote Kavanaugh, but I didn't. I don't think I to. We had a website.
2: And I think I registered the Instagram. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I never used it or anything. I just yeah. was like figure I might as well get it.
1: That's where all the kids are these days. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we should lower the voting age to 16 and then it'll matter. Yeah.
1: Which is another thing. Emily, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. <laughs> this is really fun. Yeah. I'm
0: glad. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, it, maybe we can do it like, quarterly or something. I think that this is, is. A, that's a
1: good idea. We can have a little check in and, and see how everybody's doing, especially with you know the the group that we were just talking yeah. about and, yeah. and just progress on all the things that are happening in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, and then we get to use the fancy equipment.
1: Yeah, and we can get a, and we can swear. <laughs> next time it'll be fancier. Yeah.
0: yeah. The next time we'll use
1: our
2: equipment. Yeah. <laughs> that works.
0: Yeah.
1: So cool. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. Good good convo. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us. Signing
1: off, I guess. Okay uh,